Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. And I'm Chuck. And uh, we are back with you. We've we've been having some... It's nice that I can find time to do this, even though if I can't find time to do Locker Room. Locker Room can be a little bit difficult getting all of our schedules yeah. together. So it's nice to still be able to do this. We are here recording this week's episode. You have us... Uh, you have us... You've been scouring the social media people. We've we're getting some cool social media. I, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I I, I like to go to the accounts that I follow most often, and I've been in communications with a few people. Uh, but you know, like any other law enforcement or thing, trying to get people to to, to come together, it's, it's like herding cats sometimes. <laughs> and um, when you get someone, you 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 link up with them, and they're like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll come on, and they come on quick. You get them on as quick as you can. But yeah. yeah. I've been talking to a few people and got some other stuff in the works and it should be pretty cool. But this one, this, this gentleman that we have coming on the show, I've actually been following on my personal account. I'm sure many of you have been following him on his personal, on your personal accounts too. It's the chief on Instagram. And we've all seen him do reaction videos. We've all seen him do breakdowns of, of uh, incidents, critical incidents and just funny things and, and just all types of different things. He makes light of law enforcement, um, and, you know, really does a good job of humanizing the badge. He spent 20 years in law enforcement in Chicago. And we welcome the chief. What's up, fellas? How are I'm, you? Uh, happy to be here, man. Happy to be here. It's hot, hot as hell out here in Chicago, man. But drinking a nice cold one. Yeah, here in North nice. Idaho, I've got uh, I've got a, a balmy 82. And it's, what? what? It's 82. We're sitting at like 115 today. It's really <laughs> hot. It's 82. <laughs> 95 and 61 percent humidity oh see that's oh, the that's the worst part is the humidity i've and i've been to chicago it was it was the first time in my life it was ever 88 degrees and flipping raining it was <laughs> got lucky oh, yeah. oh the most bizarre thing uh anyway i've never been to chicago but I've, i know that heat and humidity and it ain't fun so yeah i've been to chicago and you know what it's it's of of the larger cities, it's it's a pretty cool one. I mean, it gets a yeah, okay, it's fucking unsafe, and they call it Chirac and all that stuff. But you know, I mean, you get, you get a little a bit of everything. Town. Yeah, you get a little bit of everything. You go to get you go to get a sandwich like close to downtown. You get a good sandwich. You get to see a fight, possibly a stabby, and maybe a shooting. Where can you get that in the world? <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's, it's awesome. Uh, you can get it in L.A., but it smells like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and everything and he might get hurt shit. <laughs> we got the lake that blows all that away right you oh, guys have at shit. least the okay so that was another thing too before we get into it well i stood on the shore of lake michigan and i was like they tell you the great lakes right and then you actually stand on the shore of it and you realize you can't see either end or the other side and it's just a lake and you forget, like, when you stand on the Pacific Ocean, that's 3,000 miles, you know, wide. Lake Michigan's not. But because you still can't see the end of it, it feels like you're standing on the edge of the ocean. It's the it's the most, you're like, I'm standing at the edge of a lake, but it feels like the ocean. Oh, you could drive for hours on that thing and not hit land. I mean, it's really? it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lake, lake Michigan is huge. Like, I mean, it's it's massive. I mean, just, <laughs> and it's a great place. If if you didn't have to worry about the rats grabbing your food, 
and maybe getting <laughs> robbed, you would think you're in maybe a resort. Like, like seriously, it's, you know, it's you don't beautiful. leave your house. Yeah. It, besides that, it's freaking beautiful. This, they, they comb the sand, they comb the sand every day. Yeah. Chicago oh, Park wow. District does a great job, you know, taking care of the property. But, you know, unfortunately we got trash. Yeah. Well, mm. Uh, not trash like trash trash but trash like people going there trash like the residents yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh so yeah that how about you give us your instagram handle so people can follow you on instagram but more importantly it is the chief right so go ahead and give that out yeah so i go by the chief official on everything across instagram youtube tiktok twitter Pretty much on all handles. I started the, off just the on chief a, official. Yeah, it's, D, yeah, it's, the chief. Yeah, D-A. yeah, the yeah, D A. The chief. Yeah. I had to throw a little ghetto in there, you know. Yeah. Being from Chicago, I throw a little bit of hood in there. The chief. <laughs> yeah. That's why I, I should have mine. The, the police. Yeah, yeah, the police. Yeah, that'd be police. good too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. That's one of my favorite things is the when you you know you know somebody they come from the hood. When they still refer to you as the police, not yeah, the police, police or, not the police, police or coppers. We call it coppers out here. Coppers, yeah, right. we do coppers. out here too. There you go. They still say five zero. You go in and say five zero come, and they don't even understand where that One comes time, from. Like yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> they don't know who Jack Lord is. Anyway, so Dutch Chief, we'll call you. Can I just call you Chief? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Great. Now. You, this, it's not a nickname. It, well, it is a nickname, but it's based on the fact that you, in fact, were a chief of police, correct? Yeah, I was police chief for four years. So it's just pretty much get, knowing that I was going to be leaving the job soon. I had enough of the administration. You know, I started up on Instagram and I said, you know what? Go with chief. And then I said, we'll go with the chief, throw a little hood in there and stuff. Right, you know, yeah. just by everyone still calls me that. And now with the name and Instagram, stuff like that, now everyone just calls me the chief, you know, just stuck with me. Man, you it's like good jeans because you look too young to be a chief. Well, I just turned 50 years old. Um, I started on law enforcement Damn. when I was 20 and a half. So I got lucky yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and got out quick. And, and actually because of social media, because of, you know, you guys doing stuff like that, everyone does. You know, I, I seen that there's opportunity out there to do other things and make a, a shitload of more money and help out instead of helping out civilians, you know, and people, you know, in distress, help out my brothers and sisters law enforcement, first responders and stuff like that. Maybe yeah. just pick them up. You know, my thoughts was that maybe just maybe, especially with all the suicides and stuff for law enforcement, maybe a police officer sitting around in a squad car, having a shitty ass day, throwing through his phone, think contemplating, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to off myself comes across my video and says, just starts chuckling, you know, and just says, Hey, you yeah. know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not going to do it. And I get, I used to get DMS. I still get them sometimes, but when I first started, I get DMs all the time. Hey, chief, I'm not feeling well. Hey, this, I would call them up. I would message them, you know, just mm -hmm. not. And still I get them here once in a while, you know, and I try to help them. And that's my main thought about this. Plus, there's a lot of money to be made out here with this. Yeah, there is. Well, and you I, cracked the code, sir. Yeah, I can tell you that we um, found the same thing. We don't really do. I mean, we're not as big on the social media as I think a lot of the other ones, you know, donut. And we're getting there. We're going to yeah. get there. <laughs> Chuck wants us to Chuck wants us to really get there there. on the social medias. Uh, but when I started, I was doing the social media just as a way to um, let people know we had a podcast, you know, and, and, and it was kind of the, you know, just one of those things you did, right. I didn't maintain it necessarily. And I still kind of don't Chuck is 
really the brains behind the social media now. Um, but I liked doing the podcast and because I, I, when I retired, I kind of walked away from law enforcement and said, I'm done with it. I don't need it anymore. Fuck it. Right. Like I'm moving on a new chapter of my life and I completely turned my back on it. Right. I had a, you know, I still had some friends that were cops at other agencies and whatnot, but I was, I was angry because I didn't want to retire. I, you know, and, uh, feel you on that. A couple years later, I'm, I'm starting to get into the podcast idea, you know, cause I enjoyed the creation of that stuff. And I was just going to do something for my friends and, you guys have heard the story before. I won't rehash it, but we had a couple other podcasts names and we did a couple other formats. And then ultimately it ended up being me and some cop buddies and some veteran buddies sitting around swapping stories like we do. And when we were done, a friend of mine listened to it and said, dude, that's the most interesting 20 minutes I've ever listened to people talk about. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt good about it too. And then I, I realized that it was a part of my life that was missing was helping out, you know, and, and the camaraderie and the, and the community of law enforcement. And I, as much as I was angry at my department and my, the circumstances surrounding my retirement, I wasn't angry at cops. They were my brothers still. And I, I, I had to kind of remind myself of that. So I get what you're saying when you get post retirement and you still want to help out, but you realize you can do more to help your community of officers than you can you don't have to help the public anymore. You've done, you've been there, you've done that, you've put in your time. Now you can just be there for your fellow officers and firefighters and veteran buddies. Yeah. And that, that and that's my mindset. You know, I, I think yeah. I've done enough to put my life on the line, you know, to help out complete strangers. And, and that's what you get into this job for to do. I mean, but I felt that, Hey, you know what, at this time in this day of age and how bad police officers get in such a bad name, you know, mm-hmm. it's time to start just focusing on them, you know, and I'm not out yeah. to look, you know, if money comes along with it, I'm, I'm, I'm financially set with my retirements um, and stuff like that. Right. It, if whatever financial comes with it, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful it's extra, but you know, to see how much comes with it along with it and helping out my brothers and sisters that it's, it's amazing. Right. You know, the best feeling is when you're sitting there and you're yourself are having maybe like a down day and you get an email or it, a direct message on Instagram or whatever. And you get that one person that listened to a podcast or saw your post. Um, and they go, Hey, I just want to let you know, I've been dealing with a really dark time, a really tough time. And I've been listening to your guys' podcast for a while. And this episode, whatever that episode was really helped me get through what I've been going through. And it made me feel like I wasn't alone. Right. And when we get those messages, it fucking validates everything. It makes everything what we're doing, the, the hours that we put in to do this, to edit everything, to put up posts, to, to constantly be looking at things, it makes it all worth it. And then when you have a guest come on and then they message you back and they go, hey, I got so many messages from people about the podcast I was on. They listened to it and said, wow, that really helped me. I've been feeling the same way and now I know I'm not alone. And that really val- the validation you get from that, I think, is so much stronger than monetary um, value that you have all this like camaraderie that you're getting from it you get all this 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 emotions that you're actually helping someone and that's what we strived out to do that's why we became law enforcement that's why we went to the military because we wanted to help those uh that couldn't help themselves or we wanted just to help people in general when they're having a bad yeah. day and we're still doing that even after we've done our career in law enforcement or military and we keep pushing on yeah yeah that's that's that's, that's, that, that's the best part of the job i mean that's the best part of this and that's the thing i love you know and just just getting a message and, and yeah you're going to get your 
your hated comments. But after doing, you know, my first four years, and like you guys, you guys didn't get them comments. Oh, your stuff is crap. You know, you're not this, you're not that. Oh, yeah. Man, I, I got to the point now where I just zoned it out. Where I'm, I'm a professional blocker. You know, I don't, I don't even deal with it. I don't even, you, know, you won't see me message people back. It's just like, hey, you don't like my shit? I'm blocking you. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. It's simple like that. I don't, you know, need, it's, it's, I don't need you to follow me. Just I don't need you to hate watch me. Right? Yeah. Like, just it, don't watch me. And it's funny because when I first started, I was still on the job. And I would have officers from not my department, maybe some or surrounding departments, just like talking so much smack. Like, just like, yeah. you know, it's like they never say it to me because I'd smack the crap out of them. But, you know, they would just like on my page. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, now, four years later. Hey man, hey chief, can I can I hey, can you hook me up with a belt? Hey chief, can you hook man? Get the like, <laughs> like it, it's just a crib. And then it's like I won't even get into it, but it, it's just it's it. just funny how how things change like real fast. You know, yeah. I we were at a ball game and sixty seventy coppers there. They'll walk home, be hey, what's up, chief? Can we take a picture? Can we talk to you? This is net. How things change, and those are guys that were probably four years ago that were talking shit. Right. Oh yeah, jealousy, bro. They don't want to see you succeed because they maybe themselves wanted to do it, well, and then they're like, "Fuck, this guy's doing it," or they tried to do it and didn't get anywhere, and then they see someone that they know succeeding in something, and they're like, "Fuck that!" And then when they get real popular, right? Then they're like, "Hey, hey what's up? What's up?" Like, except TikTok. Yeah, oh, you're like, "Nah, get the fuck out of here, dude." Except TikTok you know? cops. We got this. Is not including TikTok cops. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I, we're it, not it counting just... them. Yeah, but it's it's just funny how how things just 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 spin around so fast, you know. Yeah. And it's like, and a lot of things that I do, you know, like even like with videos, I used to do a lot of like um, just like quick tutorials, like change your magazines and this and that. You know, people are like, oh, you're doing it wrong. Well, this is the way I do it that works for me. And people don't understand like with training courses. And you guys know when you go to a class, you know, you're taking small pieces from that class. You might not even absorb any of that, right. but you're going to take some of that. And put it into what you already have that works for you. Yep. You know, if yep. you have an instructor that says, do it like this and only like this, get up and walk out of that fucking class. Exactly. You know, and- he's not an instructor. You know, he's he's leading the class. That's the way I see it. I never yeah. seen it as he's an actual instructor. He's leading the class. He's teaching the curriculum. You take from that bits and pieces and you make it yours. So here's exactly. what I always, as an instructor, because Chuck's department trained me to be an instructor if that if you can if that makes any sense but when i was an instructor for my department i um i would always tell my students i'd say look okay i know there are a bunch of different ways to do what we're going to do okay i am teaching you the way the department wants you to learn it Mm -hmm. that is all i am responsible for if you have cooler stuff and you want to show it to me awesome right but i still need you to do the work that the department needs you to do so that mm-hmm. i can say you know how to do it and then if you're leading that class yeah when you pull when you when you're out there on the street and you're doing the job if you pull something from the arsenal i've given you cool yeah if you don't i understand i was issued pepper spray by one of the oc instructors <laughs> I would really hope that my OC instructor didn't take it personally when for the rest of my career, I said, I'm never using this fucking thing on a person. I'm <laughs> it's OC dogs, right? Yeah. Like all the OC instructors in the world are just so sad. They're like, fuck, nobody wants to use my, 
We don't see the OC. That is so great. Like they're like sad. They're like that meme where the fucking drug dealer sitting on the swing, lonely and shit. Like nobody wants to use OC. You know, everybody. I had a water cop spray a a fucking gypsy in the face, and we got into a fight, and that shit contaminated me, and I'm allergic to it. And I was like, "You motherfucker!" What said that's the thing? Oh, this burns so bad. That's the thing. The jail cell. What? Dude. How about when they spray in the jail cell? Oh, like he doesn't, he doesn't want to come out. Like, nope. and he, you get that cop that says, "Let me through. I got this." And he fucking just sprays it right in there. Now you just made it for so nobody can go in there. Dude, we had a guy at our department. We literally called him Doctor Pepper, and we were on a call one time, and we're in a very narrow stairwell. Those three of us. We've got a fifty for we call it fifty one forty nine and a half. Not quite fifty one fifty. Not quite crazy. But crazy enough to have like a butter knife. So it was a threat or it was threat adjacent, <laughs> you know? Um, so we were being careful, but we, I mean, not, we were just trying to give her space and get her to talk her way into compliance. Well, friggin' Dr. Pepper comes down the stairs behind us and like a wrestler comes over the top rope of our shoulders with his arm and just blasts her with OC without telling either one of us because oh that was his God. go-to move was Hacha! like fucking Spider-Man and shit with OC and dude I, I told him after that I'm like dude you ever do that again and I'm I so you and I will have problems every, every department has a every department has yeah. a guy that where it's calm yeah. And you know, yeah. you got the domestic situated and then you like the sergeant or somebody will come in who's never been on the fucking streets or you got that one guy and he's just like, you're going to, and like, what the, f I just had it all calm and now they're about to fight. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like that video game where the guy screams Leroy Jenkins and then just charges into combat without his team. <laughs> right? So that's yeah. what we're going to call you. I've that's what, like ladies and okay, here, this is what we're telling you right now. If that's you on your department, you're Officer Jenkins, Officer Leroy Jenkins, because you were <laughs> charged into battle with that fucking team. So, actually, um, funny story, real were quick. Were you Officer Leroy into, Jenkins, Chuck? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what had happened was, right, this would be real quick. Uh, we were in, we were, Summary. We, were, um, we had a shooting suspect. We were inside this house. Um, he was barricaded into one of the rooms, and it was like a three bedroom, four bedroom, like a three, three and a half bedroom um ghetto uh apartment right <clears throat> and he had a pit bull in there and he was like i need to get my pit bull in the fucking cage and this, he's trying to put in this like puppy cage long story short it didn't work he let the fucking dog out and dog was a full-size pit like pit like uh like sharpay like real like big fucking dog scary looking right and it, he, he was probably he was about with the wrinkled old. dogs right yeah yeah so it was a, yeah, pit a scary pit looking <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this dog. Imagine the fucking no, I, I, a Sharpay pit would straight. just look like a pit bull with extra scary. skin. Yeah. So, long story short, he lets a dog out. Dog runs. So, me, I have a. We're like, hey, bring in the catch bowl because we knew he had a dog. So, me and my partner, and there's other like five other officers in there. I'm like, hey, you guys deal with this. We're gonna keep the dog off your back. Well, <clears throat> I gave my the catch bowl to my partner, and he's just like literally jabbing this fucking thing in the face, and he can't get it. And it's we have it barricaded into a room, right? Uh, or cordoned off into a room because dogs can't barricade themselves. So <clears throat> we open the door and he fucking goes to 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 collar it, misses, fucking dog beelines it right at him. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I already had my pepper spray out, even though we're inside of an apartment, because with dogs, I always have pepper spray. Humans, I, uh, I'd i rather go hands on because they ain't going to bite me like a dog. Well, but the pepper spray will and work on the dog. It will. It works really well. And I've already used it in a bunch of pits. 
and I don't like to shoot dogs. I don't want to shoot a dog unless I absolutely have to. Well, you don't I'd rather to spray him. So kind of like just came out. I fucking put my pepper spray and I unloaded on this motherfucker, probably half a can. And the dog retreated back into this room where we were able to collar it. And next thing I know, I'm like, close the fucking door, close the fucking door. We can't <laughs> let the shit get out. Right. And we're just sitting there like all nonchalant. And the supervisor looks at us. He's a buddy of mine. And he goes, hey, did one of you motherfuckers just spray pepper spray or OC spray? And I'm like, so what had happened was, Sergeant, um, yes. Oh, you know goes, what even- the fuck? And everybody starts coughing. Everyone vacates. We, they pull the suspect out. And he's like, good. You and your fucking partner were like, we're actually not partners today. We actually have two boots with us, two probationers um, or brand new like patrol officers. And we're like, we are not. He's like, you are now. And you guys are stuck here <laughs> babysitting this fucking residence and you guys can't come outside. So we had to sit in there with this fucking dog. And look, eventually we came outside with the dog. We opened right. up all the windows. I mean, I doused their carpet, like the dog and the carpet. Like there was a piss spot of OC spray on the mm. fucking carpet. And it was so hard <laughs> to breathe. But I was like, I felt so bad because I never do that. I never pepper spray. I don't use it in a house. But with a dog, it was I was like, fuck it, dude. I, I don't want to get bit. And my partner, we came so close to getting bit. So, yeah. I kind of Jenkins that shit a little remember bit. Remember Adam? Oh, he's Jenkins. Do you remember Adam? A little bit, yeah. Those of you that yeah. listen to the show, you know my buddy Adam. He's he's told his story many times. Uh, <laughs> Adam got in trouble one time because Adam went to a barking dog call at you know one in the morning, as one does when it's a slow night, and he found the dog. It was barking, but nobody was home to answer the door. They had they were out of town for the night. So he, he, as he's up trying to knock on the door, the dog comes after him and he thinks, and he's like, get it back dog. And the dog's like barking at him, barking at him, keeps approaching him and it's a pit bull. So he sprays it. And then he goes, he goes, nobody's home. Uh, you know, dog's quiet. I'm leaving. Dispose the call. Well, then the homeowner came home and their kids played with the dog, not knowing the dog had been pepper sprayed. <laughs> <laughs> And the rule became, if you spray somebody's dog, leave your goddamn business card with a note saying, please watch your dog. I had to spray it. (laughs) We definitely didn't do that. But long story short, that dog. Well, you didn't get somebody in the chief's office complaining that their four-year-old had touched a dog's face and then been contaminated with pepper spray. (laughs) Oh, no. It was a shooting. They didn't give a fuck. It was a shooting suspect with legit hit. So they didn't give a fuck. So, So, chief. Um. You did the Instagram thing, but you also had a, you know, storied 30 year career in law enforcement or 26 year career in law enforcement. Um, you, I know you've had some crazy experiences, but what you said to me was interesting. And I hope you don't mind going into this. You said that you had been in an OIS and then another OIS 20 years apart. Is that correct? Yep. And you had said there was a marked difference between that. So if you don't mind, the floor is yours, man. Please tell us what is your story, and it, it, I, we'd love to hear about it. So about, uh, I think it was 10, I was about 10 months, 11 months on the job, just got probation, and I'm going to domestic. Now, I'm, I'm in Cook County, Illinois, all right? So we do things a lot differently. So back back in the day, they would have like they would call like a round table where the state police comes out. They still do all the the shooting uh, um, investigations. Mm-hmm. So back then, on the first on the first incident, it was a domestic violence. The girl came out the house. 
you know, the so you know, the she's saying that her her boyfriend is going crazy, he got a gun, but she's in he's in there with his sister. So me, I'm rolling up and I I come up I come up across the, the female. She's like, Oh my gosh, he has a gun in the house. I'm like, All right, let's roll on over there. I called dispatch, hey, I'm going over there, you know, and I'll like I'll advise, you know, typical, you know, I'll advise. So I roll over there. She's like, Oh, he's inside, he's inside, he got a gun, this is net, this net. Now I've been in this house before. Never, mm-hmm. never, ever seen the male. So, you know, it's like that mythical male that's there. So every time mm-hmm. I go, he's always leaves a scene. We've never came across him. So I walk up the stairs. You know, it's about eight stairs, I remember. Um, so I get up to the top and I go to grab the doorknob. But before I go to grab the doorknob, there's a window right off to the right hand side. So I, once I go to grab the doorknob, the dude just starts laying rounds right through the door. Oh, now, luckily, I was off to the right. And he's laying. So I'm looking through the window. I go to grab the doorknob. He lays rounds through the door. So now I'm like, oh, shit. So I just pull back and I just start laying rounds right back to that door going, you know, while going down the stairs. I don't remember going down the stairs. I don't right. remember tripping because I was all bruised up. Right. You know, I, I all I remember is laying rounds, going down the stairs and retreating from behind my car. SWAT was called in, um, you know, and then about 18 hours later, they a sniper took him out. He came out. So that oh, investigation, fuck. yeah, so a sniper sniper came 18 hours later. He came out, you know, holding the gun to the girl's head. It, sniper did a great job, shot him right in the head, you know, so wow. he took him out. So the whole time I was on scene, I'm, I'm like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm sticking around. Of course, you know, I, I, I gave my initial statement, you know, but it wasn't it wasn't as intense as it was, you know, 20 years later. It was like, hey, you know, they took my firearm. They talked to me. This is that. OK, you know, um, stick right. around. Pretty much it was very relaxed. Right, they're you like, know? "Hey, you got to give us your gun." Yeah. What happened? Yeah. All right, don't what go. What happened? <laughs> yeah, don't go anywhere. You know, just stick around. So then they were like, "It was like twelve hours in." They're like, "Hey, go home. We'll call you." You know, when state police need you. Oh, it's for super a- relaxed. Yeah, so it's oh. like twelve hours. It was twelve hours later. You know, and they're like, "Go home." Well, were you, were so you like, on no. scene for twelve hours? Yeah, I was. I was on scene for twelve hours after that. Now it was already six- scene for twelve hours. Wow, it was an eighteen-hour okay. barricade. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of surprised they let you. Like, obviously, somebody gave you another firearm. <laughs> huh? No, I was just so. So it was pretty much like, it was, it was like they took my firearm, took my statement, huh. um, and then I was like, you know what, I'm sticking around because okay. they had a whole command center, it's like that. So I was. Oh, there so you're at the, the you're incident command. Okay. Yeah, it was in, it was in command. I was there. They're like, okay, we're done with you right now. You want to go home? I was like, no, I'm sticking around. You know, I'm not leaving. So 18 hours later, they finish up, and then we go for a full debrief. I did a full debrief afterwards, and then we did a full debrief. We talked to the, you know, we talked to the, um, they talked to the girl. So the thing that really got me was after they talked to the female, she said that the the, the female that was inside, she said that he was gonna wait till because the door was left open till I popped in, and then he was gonna shoot me right in the head. But he got antsy when I grabbed the doorknob. He just started laying rounds. Uh, now I was I, I was on my game where I was I wasn't gonna pop in I was gonna be one of those you know hey hit the door open you know and then you know observe and stuff like that so it wasn't like I was just gonna jump inside there so that was one of the things that but the investigation on that was very lax twenty years later you know so I get now we won't really call this a, on the um, stop shooting because I had a misfire but they still they still ran it like a right. like a, a shooting no way sure so. If I wouldn't have said anything, you know, I'm like, yo, you know, I pulled the trigger, nothing happened. You know, if I wouldn't have said anything, just kept it quiet, it'd have been swept on that thing. 
So 20 years later, I'm wor- I'm wor- I'm working a detail. I'm talking to some people at the park. And this is my first year as police chief, um, like four months in. So you're a working and- chief. Yes. Oh, yeah, I was out there, yeah. Okay. So I'm out there talking to some people. And then about 80 yards away on the other side of the park by the street, um, some kids start um, – start. I hear some loud noise and a car screech. All I hear is pop, 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 pop. So then I look and I start walking towards yeah. them away from the people that I was talking to. And then I just see this kid running towards me full blown. And I tell you, it was like 85 yards away. He's running full at me. They're shooting at him. Now he's running at me. So he's at 85, 75, 65. And I just see the rounds hitting the ground. So now Ooh, wow. I, I see that I can't shoot over him. So I just dart 20 yards to the left. Now he's, he starts running towards that way. So then I dart to the right because I'm trying to get a shot. <laughs> I'm trying to get a shot off. Yeah. So then I dart all the way to the right. And then he starts running towards me again. I'm like, stay your court. Like, just keep going this way. <laughs> I dart off to the right again. Twenty. Pick a lane. He's, just, he's looking yeah, at me like, for sure. What? Yeah, he's looking like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is this cop keep running left, right? I'm trying to get my shot off, you know, because they're they're still shooting at him. Like, I mean, they're laying around. I don't know what this dude did, but he he pissed them off. So they're just they're. I see the rounds hitting the ground. I'm darting to the right. So now I post it up and I'm ready. You know, now they're probably 45, 50, 60 yards away. I, okay. I'm posting up, post up, boom. I'm like, I got one shot just to get this guy, you know, because he's so far. Anything else is just going to be all over the place. So I'm posting mm-hmm. up, boom, click. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? And now I start looking around, start seeing there's people behind him. I'm like, I ain't taking no more shots. Right. I'm done. So now at that That's point, not- yeah, at that point, I was just like, there's nothing else I could fucking do. You know, yeah. nothing. So then finally they stop shooting. They jump in the car. They take off. He gets shot in the hand. He comes running to me. You know, I put a uh, put a bandage on, call fire. But the investigation was completely different. It was almost like I was guilty until mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't even shoot my gun, but you wanted to. You know, you were, and it's like, didn't you see all the people back there? Well, that's why, you know, I was taking, getting ready to take my shot, aiming up. You know, I was just posted up. I got a good, you know, good sighting in there. I was confident I was going to hit him. Click. After that. I assessed, observed that there was people behind him that, you know, I'm like, no more shot. I, I cannot rack, get another round and take another shot. It would be, you know, I'd probably hit somebody else, you know, maybe hit somebody in the background that wasn't into it. So, yeah, and, they, and, they, and it was gone. Yeah. And then it was like, I had my chance after that. I reassessed and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Ain't nothing I could do. So they stopped shooting. Yeah. It was a straight misfire. Primer hit everything. Oh, shit. Yeah. Did, did you try to allow it to cook off for a second and keep up and then wait? Till so, so I just shot and I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, you, right, you didn't know you had a misfire. Right, right. Hang fire. Yeah. You're, yeah. Your adrenaline's pumping. And then I was like, fuck. So then I, you know, I reassessed, racked, you know, and then I was just like, my shot's gone. Fuck it. So by the time and, you were able to tap rack and reacquire. Yeah. My shot was gone. gone. Well, I, at first I was like, what the fuck just happened? You know, I'm just like looking like, what the, you know, like, did I shoot? Well, Didn't I, mean, I shoot? How many, how many cops have that in their recurring nightmare list? Yeah. Oh, I pulled the trigger and it went click instead of bang. Mm-hmm. So yep. when it really happens, it'll fuck your OODA loop up a little bit. Yeah, because you're, and that's what people, I, I see it all the time. It's like, everyone's like, oh, if it happens, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Yes. You ain't going to do you are. none of that. No, yeah. you're going to, but how fast yeah. you do it, right? 
Yeah. It's like, well, you're, I was, I did it. Well, yeah. But you're going to assess. I'm going to tell yeah. you in the moment, you're going to feel like it took forever. And it really only took you like a second or two, right? Oh yeah. When they stress you out and they make you do it on the range, you're not you're you're still trying to block it out and you're still operating. Like there's if once you're in the shit, you don't know how long time elapses. So you're like, oh, that took me ten seconds. No, it took you half a second. Mm-hmm. But it still felt mm-hmm. like ten seconds. Or maybe it takes yeah. a second and a half, you know, because you're not on the range, right? But yeah, you got to account for real world factors. As many people have said before me, if your sight picture and your shooting stance is good, you're not moving and utilizing cover properly. Yeah, and I I was winded, like I was because I'm running back and yeah. running back, you know. And then plus two is they're shooting two as well. So well, all you know, you know, of course they're you're throwing rounds off at that point. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. I see you. You're in good shape. I'm just, I'm just, but. But it's like, you know, they're shooting, and then I go, and I'm like, I only got this one shot. I mean, they're, they're pretty distant far away. I lined it up, boom, nothing. And it was like, by the time I racked, got another one in there, it was over. And it was just like, like, what can I do? Like, there's nothing. I mean, I can't take any more shots. There's too many people behind them. You know, the only thing I could do is just, hey, hopefully this dude don't get hit. Call the radio, get some units over here. Right. Yeah, you paid attention to your background, and I think that's like, one of the most important things, you know, because, you know, you were able to break that tunnel vision <clears throat> of a shooting and you're like, okay. And I think if you didn't have that misfire, you probably would have cranked off a couple more because that tunnel vision, you wouldn't have yeah, had that you might not have cranked misfire out. to break your, to break your tunnel vision. So, I mean, I think everything happens for a reason and uh, that definitely happened for a reason. And, you know, people are alive today. So, I mean, I think it's a win, um, but now the difference between the first shooting and that second technically shooting well it was officer involved shooting because you were being shot at um because there was a suspect or someone running towards you and suspect shooting in your direction and you had the intent to fire and you tried and it didn't go um so the what were the differences the major differences that you saw from the first shooting to this shooting so it, it could have you so it could have been it could have been the first shooting was, hey, I was returning fire, coming down, and then SWAT came out and, you know, essentially took him out. I didn't hit anybody. SWAT came out, took him out. So that was a lot more relaxed. The shooting was focusing more on SWAT, on the barricade mm-hmm. subject, stuff like that. But still, it was very relaxed. With this, it was a misfire, and still it was treated like just almost like a, like a shooting, you know, just, just breaking down a shooting over and over, almost like, you know, you're being interrogated, you know, Did just like- Did you? No, in respect. So I had one. I had two. I had one. T- I had two interviews, and that was pretty much it. At scene, or so one at scene, and then I was called in back afterwards about a week later with state police, and went over it again just to pretty much go over what I said the first time to confirm that it was you know all the same. Right. Make sure probably I didn't slip up anything, but it was pretty much you know, hey, they're coming at me. I go to shoot, misfire. I don't shoot any more rounds. Call it a day. Let them make them aware. Well, why didn't you shoot again? You know, would you shot again? No, I, I, it was a, it was one of those thoughts where it's like, I have one shot and that's it. And that was my thought process too, as well, because the distance where they were at, you know, it was like, right. I was going to take one shot, line it up nice. And just like, just hopefully just, just get them. after that. That was it. I mean, cause there were so many people outside of the park, you know, looking at the background, I had that one opportunity, didn't have it anymore. Done. Right. 
crazy. Like I know, so Tom's when Tom got in his shooting, it was years before my shooting. And then I got into his shooting and I think ours were probably, probably pretty much similar, like with the sequestering, yeah, keeping you separated from your partners. Cause I know that's what they did for me. They separated everybody who was involved. Yeah. They took the shooter, put him over here. They took everybody else. And oh, it, there's we were suspects, right? Yeah, like, and like it's always like that. Like everybody was cool with this, but you can't talk to anybody. You you sit in a room. Like, do you want a lawyer? Like, mm-hmm. advise me of Miranda. I mean, yeah. it was it it was. I'll say it at the time. I was like, part of me was going, "Holy shit, this is so cool!" Because you know you see this happen all the time on TV, and here I am in the middle of it, and then all of a sudden. Holy shit! I just got read my rights, and like, got real. It got like they're asking me if I want a lawyer, and this shit's gonna be on the news, and my fucking fam. Like, the oh, so you didn't have your lawyer when they started? No. Did you, uh, Chief? Did you have your lawyer when you started on any of them? No, the first time, no. Second time, I did. Yeah, you know, because you're going. I had my rep, and I I know. And I know he has the, you had the same mindset as me. I did nothing wrong. There's no reason. You know, and everybody has that, that mindset. I did nothing wrong. Right. What do I need a lawyer for? And then, and then it's right. like, they'll burn it in your brain. Like, you sure you don't want a lawyer? Do you, you know, it's like, oh, is, is you sure you want your rep or you want, your, you know, it's like, yeah. and the thing with us is we're, we weren't union. We didn't have a union rep. Oh, so wow. yeah, we, our unions are toothless, but our, uh, so like the association, the collective bargaining, they usually have pretty good lawyers that are sharks at defending cops from uh, cities. So it's not so much that the union is strong. It's the, the that the association has really smart lawyers who can make the city scream big, big dollars if they fuck up. Uh, yeah. So my supervisors called immediately for lawyers. Mm-hmm. They're like, get them lawyers. And anytime I've ever had an IA or a complaint, my first time ever getting into a, a IA, I had a rep because I didn't know what the fuck I was supposed to do because I was a probationer. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, every time I always had a lawyer present, except for one other time. And it was my supervisor talking to me and I was comfortable with him. So I just did it with no rep and I was by myself. But every other time after that, the it was stakes were probably pretty low too. Yeah. And when we got the shooting, my fucking lawyer met me at the um, at the station and was like, what do you want to eat? And I was like, <laughs> uh, everything? Because I, uh, when I got into my shooting, it was towards the end of my shift, right? Uh, it was like two, three hours before the end of watch. And then everything happened. Once the scene was like called cold and everything was like done and over with, it had been like almost an hour after we had arrived on scene. And then that's when I was being carted off. And I literally sat into a fucking room for 15 hours before my interview and then had the interview. So I was, I did a double shift and then went home and they offered, they're like, Hey, you want to go home and sleep? And then we can do this tomorrow. I was like, fuck you. And let's get this shit done, dude. I'm already awake. You had a lawyer for your second interview. Is that what you're saying? Chief. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For the second one. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's, It's something just didn't seem right. The first time around, like it was like, and you know what the funny thing was? I should never fucking say anything, right? You know, even even to this day, thinking about it, like nothing came about it, stuff like right. that. Right. But it was like, if I wouldn't have fucking just said anything, and it was one of those things that was like maybe forty five minutes into it, and it's like, you know, like hey, you fire your weapon, 
no. Like, well, really, I didn't fire my weapon. Right. You know, I'm like, but I pulled the trigger and it was a misfire. Oh, shit. Holy cow. Grab his gun. You know, it's like. Oh, my gosh. Well, you got the <laughs> yeah. range guys. You get the range guys up your ass trying to figure out how you had a misfire. So yeah. they're all mad. And then you got to hey, point out the bullet and they're like <laughs> right. examining it. And like, I think that's evidence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Are> you <think? laughs> yeah. it, it shows your, you know, your restraint. And, and I, I, I just think like so many law enforcement agencies, they would rather almost demonize their officers for doing what they're trained to do instead of just being like, hey, calm down. Everything's all right. You know, we're going to get through this. This is what happened. Just tell us your story. And you're like, look, dude. I saw it was coming. There was rounds actively being cranked off. I could see them hitting the ground. I saw some a victim running. You know, I keep trying to you know get my uh, my distance in a good shooting platform and, and you know cover and concealment. And this guy's running toward me. I tell him to get over here and keep running straight so I can get a good shot and uh, not shoot him. And I went to go take a shot and misfire. And by the time I was able to clear that malfunction and that round and get back up on target. I could see that there was people out and the background was fucked and I started calling in reinforcements. And by that time, suspects were, you know, fucking taken off in the car, you know, southbound through the fucking the street or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and you could see the guy, the, the yeah, guy, when he was giving his statement to the guy, you know, to, to the um, reporting officers, you could see him like, he was running this way. I don't know why. And then he just, the, the cops just start running that way. And then he told me just fucking stop moving, get on the ground. And it's just like, <laughs> He's like, he's just like pointing this way. He's pointing that way. Just in the case. They I thought think, you lost your mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I must've moved at least, uh, I at least three, four times just running left, running right. Cause every time I would do it, he started darting straight toward me. And then finally I was oh, just man. like, fucking just keep on this path, get on the ground. And by then it was just like, fucking, it was over with. And the guys were just, dude, it, it, it was just a fucking hot mess. Were they shooting with rifles or with pistols? No, with pistols. Oh, if they're shooting rifles, this dude would have been toast. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this dude would have been, hey, I'll tell you what, with a rifle, man, they're on point every time. Really? Well, you better be. So now you've yeah, been, yeah. you're retired. Mm-hmm. And you, how long have you been retired? So I've been retired three and a half years. And it feels like, it feels like it's a week or two because what I'm doing now, especially with, um, a body armor company that I'm working with, Safe Fight Defense, mm-hmm. working with chiefs, sheriffs. They can tell know, them they can don't... advertise on our podcast if they'd like. To. We'd we'd be more than happy sure. to have them advertise on our podcast. Yeah. So so I'm I'm director of sales for um, Safe Fight Defense. I run all their their corporate and uh, municipal and government accounts stuff like that. Me me and my team. So. I've been doing it with them for three and a half years. I retired, took about a month off, and then came with Safe Five Defense. Um, I've been with them ever since. I do full time hours. You know, um, it, it started off as a part time job, repping their product. Right, right. You know, you, you, you know it, it was like, you know, the owner of the company, great dude, man, knowledgeable, not the police, but man, this dude is like on point with his stuff. He's like, oh, just chief, come on. You'll work a couple hours, you know, um, you know, maybe 20 hours a week, but I just, I evolved into it. We didn't have a corporate department like we have now, right. you know, and the right. passion, just talking to sheriffs. And then when you get that first call, like, man, your body armor saved me. And it was just like, that was like a month wow. into the job. You know, I sold it to a police department. They said, Hey, the bo- our body armor saved you. And then I just like, and then it's like, 
you get to talk to all these cool ass sheriffs, right? You know, police mm-hmm. chiefs from small different towns. You're telling your stories. You know, you're helping them out. You know, and there's a lot of different things that people understand. Is like a lot of departments they can't afford body armor, right? So they're looking for grants. Yeah, and then you got the police officers. They're like they're wearing body armor. They're wearing you know concealed carriers, you know body armor under their shirts, and they're like they want to go to load bearing vests, and they'll say, "Hey, can you send me a vest? I want to show my chief." I'm like, okay, so what is that going to do? Go, well, I want to show my chief that it's load-bearing vest. That's not the way you do it. No. You put together a proposal, right. you know, to show the mm-hmm. benefits, the pros and the cons, mainly the pros. And I have a template already designed, you know, so, so I'll send it over to him. And it was like, yo, your shit worked, man. My chief loved it. Because now you're putting it on the police chief showing that, hey, you know what? This is showing that the body armor is not only going to benefit them, just like with cooling, comfort, but also, too, with, like, back injuries, you know, strain on the backs, movements. It, it, it's really putting it on them. So now when the you know, when their board and stuff says, hey, why do we have so many back injuries? Like, oh, well. Yeah. LBVs, are, LBVs are awesome. There's a lot of departments yeah. that are afraid to go to them because they, they feel like it makes them look militarized. But the LBV, dude, I can't tell you how much I wish I could have taken all that weight off my hips. I had so, my oh, belt dude, was so heavy. My, my hips were so, dude, I, the, it was worse. And I've, I've worn a tool belt with full tools for, you know, eight to 10 hours on a construction site. And this was worse, you know, mm-hmm. it sucked. Um, well, then, yeah. then you're having but to sit I'll, in a car for eight hours, 10 well, that's hours. That's why I have it with back problems. I have, I, I have yeah. okay. So I'm not shitting you, right? All my cops out there, right? I want you to start tracking these numbers. L5S1. 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 Start asking cops. When they say, oh, yeah, I have a back thing, just ask them, is, what do you have? And they will all fucking tell L5S1. That's what I have. <laughs> my buddy has. So my other buddy has. Like, and I've, I've talked to random people, and they're like, oh, yeah, I got a back thing. And I'm like, where is it? L5S1. L5S1. <laughs> uh, and I had surgery. That's from, wearing, <laughs> that's from wearing the belts, right? Like other people, yeah. other professions, they have back, back neck, it, it, different areas. Man, L5S1. Um, so... <laughs> I, I, I can, you're preaching to the choir on the LBV stuff. That, that stuff is, is. But it, it, it's, it's just like just helping the younger officers out. They don't understand that yeah. there's a process to it. You know, yeah. you can't just say, Hey, we're going to go to load bearing vests. The chief has to propose that to the commissioners, the trustees, the aldermen, mm-hmm. why they're going to that. There's a whole process. Well, to that. So, okay. We help them out with that. Yeah. So I learned quickly. Um, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. North Hollywood shit out. My father was LAPD. North Hollywood shootout happens. LAPD at the time, uh, well, when my dad came on, could only carry a thirty-eight special. And then when the military adopted the Beretta, many years, you know, a few years after that, LAPD said, all right, you can carry a, a 9 millimeter Smith or a 9 millimeter Beretta. North Hollywood shooting happens, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we need some, we need some more firepower. And all of a sudden, they authorized these other two 45s. And I said, well, why didn't they just authorize that, you know, a long time ago? Why did, how did, how come it took you so long to get radios? How come it took all these different things? Well, when you're changing the policy of a police department that has almost 10,000 people sworn, NYPD, I think if you add up all three police departments, Port Authority, Transit, and NYPD proper, I think it's 45,000 sworn. The sheriff's yeah. department in LA County is 10,000 sworn. When you're talking about numbers for Chicago, LA, San Francisco, like 
these are numbers where it's really hard to steer that ship. You do have to go justify it to the commissioner. You do have to go justify it to the, the, the city council, the police commission, the board of governors, whatever you have. Now, an elected sheriff, elective sheriff, elected sheriffs are a whole different ball of wax. They're elected. You yeah, could, they'll do what they want. You could walk yep. into the sheriff's office and go, Sheriff, check this gun out. What do you think? And he can go, you got it. You can carry it. And he signs a little letter yeah. and you're good to go. Um, yep. The, so it works a little bit differently if if you're a county sheriff, elected county sheriff. Now you get into all the other kinds of things, but the point you're the point you're saying is well taken. And I will throw myself under the bus and say, in when I was young in my career, I pulled the chief aside, drunk at a wedding, and tried to talk him into letting me carry a gun. And he <laughs> he's like, I appreciate your. And we were drinking together. We were drunk together at this wedding reception. And he, you know, there was no way he's, you're no way you're going to get your chief to say yes to letting you carry an <laughs> experimental caliber weapon. That cool as shit. It was the FN 57. I'm like, chief, FN. I was about to say, Ooh. is it the FN 57? Nice. <laughs> FN 5.7. 20 rounds, chief. Stopping, pa- I, like, I was, I was, he's like, you're not, no, 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 I, no, <laughs> there's not enough alcohol at this wedding to get me to say yes. Now, if I was sober and I'd brought him a proposal about field testing, the FN 57 and I'd gone to FN and I'd gotten mm-hmm. there. Like if I'd done my research, maybe I would have gotten a different answer from a sober chief who would say, you know what? You've done the time that you've put the thought, you've put the effort, you've put the research into it. I'll give you your shot. So yeah, I will say the chief chief's not chief's not blowing smoke up your ass. He's been a chief. He knows what it takes to change shit on a department. And, we, and that's one of the things that we do. You know, it's like, Probably today I had like 10 officers say, hey, I want to get a demo vest. You know, just mean that, hey, pretty much, you know, I want to show my chief. Right. So we used to, back when we first started, we used to send out vests. Now we make them get a letter because a lot of times we get, these officers would get the vest and right. the police chief wouldn't even know it. Right. You know, they, they, they would get mm. it and they would wear it. They would show their buddies, but they wouldn't show the admin, you know, the right. people where it actually right. counts, you know. Right. So now we, we, we do it a little bit differently where we get a letter, we make them get a letter from their chief or their sheriff saying, hey, you know what? And we help them out, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of grants out there that are available too as well, you know? And right. we'll get departments, we'll say, hey, we don't have the funding, you know, what do you have available? You know, and we'll say, yeah. okay, look up this grant, look up this grant. We'll help them write a grant proposal. We have, t- I have a lot of templates for a lot of different stuff, you know, just to help them, you know, to secure body armor or even like how to pitch it. I've been in so yeah. many city council meetings where they just put me up on a laptop they're like, hey, here's Paul from here's uh here's uh they would call me by name. Here's Paul from Safe Life Defense. Take it away. And I'm like, the who are all these fucking people? Like, oh, you're at a council meeting. Can you explain <laughs> the benefits of the vest? And you know, I'm like, okay. Well, you know, I mean, you're the subject matter expert, so that makes sense. <laughs> but they'll be like, hey, we want a meeting at seven o'clock. I'm like, all right, that's a little late, but let's do it. You know, yeah. and then we'll open the meeting, and they just open the laptop, and there's like 50 people sitting there. I'm oh, like, so they, they the ambush you. you. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah they're like, man. I'm like, what? <laughs> but to be fair, like, here's hey, the thing, man. Here, here's the thing. To be fair, I have never had a salesman at a car dealership not want to help me fill out the financing paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, you're, you're like, hey, we'll help departments fill out the grant requests. Well, goddamn right. The car dealership helps me fill out the financing paperwork too. So that's a, it's just smart business, right? You, you're helping people facilitate something that ultimately serves two things. It keeps them safe and helps 
a, a law enforcement friendly company with a good product develop a healthy bottom line and and creates competition in the marketplace which inherently drives innovation which means thinner vests lighter weight you know more breathability like if you think innovation no if one company owned all the vests you'd only have kevlar right yep but the modern advancements in body armor technology is from healthy competition in the marketplace and from from what i've heard you know not no free commercials but i've heard you know, your company has a good product. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very busy, very fortunate. I mean, our CEO is always changing things, always evolving. Our new body armor, our Hyperline, thinnest body armor on the market right now out there. Um, it's not, it's using proprietary material, not Kevlar. Right. And that's why this stuff is, is, is just amazing stuff. I mean, it, it, the, the, the way the material is designed, it contours your body. I mean, when you take it off, it's like a man bra. You know, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's a great product, you know, it's crazy thin and it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's the lightest body armor on the market. You so know, what I want from is, can you make it look like the Batman suit where my pecs and my, <laughs> we could do that. When you, take, when you take it off, well, you have to have the abs first. No, so no, no. I don't want to do that. I just want to have that. I just put them on the vest. I want you to airbrush them on my tummy like an actor. So put them in the vest. You want that Delahoya abs? Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you want you want the Delahoya? Okay, yeah, I want yeah, those too. There you go. <laughs> we we could probably do that. Now I'm with safe good. flight defense, I mean. So here's the thing with safe flight defense, where you touch. By the way, I, I just mean, want the I just want the audience to know this is not a commercial for safe flight defense. <laughs> like it is. <laughs> it just so happens that Chief works for a good company, and we're talking about it. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So with with the same, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there. Like you know, you got Point Blank, you got Safari Land, all the bigger companies. I mean, great. I've worn all their stuff in the past, stuff like that. You know, and Safe Life Defense is just a company that I work for, and it's a great company, and you know, I push it. But it's like we, you know, I go above and beyond to help out departments. It's just because of that passion. Because to be honest, if I was a regular salesperson, I'd be like, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to the quick sale. You know, I'm going mm-hmm. to the one where I can go real fast. Why am I going to waste two or three hours or a whole day helping you write out grant paperwork when I could say, you know, screw you and just jump on? Because our we're extremely busy. We're growing very fast, but we're very passionate about helping out people, right. you know, um, to get body armor. Because I personally give away body armor, uh, um, a couple vests a month myself through Live LEO, which is my um, marketing and, you know, social media company that everything branches under. And that's the money that I make off social media. So if I thought whatever whatever money I make off of like Instagram, off of sponsors, I use that money and I'll and I'll give away, you know, two or three, try to do two or three vests a year a month. Safe Fight Defense gives away two or three vests a month too as well to law enforcement officers. You know, we do we have a guardian program um that you could sign up for. Anyone who's out there right now, if you're looking for a vest, you know, you know someone needs a vest, sign up to the guardian program, you know, and possibly get a new vests. Nobody, nobody policing in this day and age should be out there without a vest because they can't afford one. You want to be the asshole who goes 10-8 without a vest because you don't have to because your policy says you don't have to? Go for it, dude. Like, yeah, power to you. Fine. Right? There's so many. Whatever. You, okay, Superman. You're right. Like, whatever. It's dumb. But, there, yeah. There's so many companies out there, or not companies, the agencies that, that should be on... Um, you know, load bearing vests, but they refuse because they're like, well, tradition, we want to wear our wools and, you know, not wear BDUs, not wear, you know, load bearing vests. We we want to look, you know, like we did like Adam 12 era, you know, 
and you're like, well, and I'm specifically talking about LAPD. They Love do not it. want yeah. to. They do not <laughs> want to change to their look. Yeah, they do not want to change their. There's a lot of agencies like that, bro. But I know, and I'm just saying, like, there are so many agencies like that. When we could point to. But yeah, and have you ever dealt with an agency like that and got them onto load bearing vest by showing them the you know the the pros and cons and all the yeah that's a good question. Have it? you ever come back come up against a resistive admin where the officers bring you guys in telling you our admin doesn't want to do this? Do you think you could pitch him on it and get him on board? Have you ever had an admin where you go into it knowing they're like? kind of leaning towards no and then you are able to convert them or by the time you get there are the admin usually like on board with it there's a lot of departments believe it or not we have a lot of departments that are like that and that's where, where it falls back right where i mentioned about i have that template with the pros and cons you sure. know the benefits of doing it so we'll pitch it to you no know, they'll pitch it to the sheriff or the, the chief or whatever the case but he'll go shoot it down and say hey can you talk to the, to the um you know to the police chief I'll talk to them too as well, talk about the pros, talk about the benefits, the carriers, stuff like that, you know, and then maybe get in some more discussions and then finally come around or they'll get a demo vest to try it out. The chief will try it like, oh, this is comfortable. Maybe we should go to this. And then eventually he goes to it. So we've had, there's many, many departments out there. We've had talk um, into changing their mind into going to load bearing vest. And we're getting it more and more that department just like, hey, I want to give load bearing vest. And it's mainly like the older generation the right. newer sheriffs the newer sheep the newer chiefs that are coming on they're like man we're going to load i had a sheriff he he just got elected he wasn't getting the office he, he's not getting the office till like january he's already buying a bunch of gear for his guys so on that day he's ready That's to switch good. over to load bearing vests right. you know he's got the body cameras i mean he's got everything i'm like sheriff i said man you know what you might have a bunch of different guys you know like by the time you get on He's like, no, these guys are going to stay and work for me. Uh, you know, and Texas down sure there. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you better be paying very well. <laughs> yeah. Was that, was it Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy, yeah. that joke back in the day, he was like, you go to the doctor and you have AIDS and the doctor's like, you have AIDS. And you go, but doctor, I'm not a homosexual. And he goes, sure you aren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we funny, change a lot. That's, that's the same thing. That's the same. Uh, sure. They're going to be here, Mr. Sheriff. <laughs> So the the funny thing I is, is that, you know, the agency that I work for um, has a lot of back injuries, has a lot of knee injuries, has a lot of injuries just in general, you know, very busy, busy agency, lots of contact, whatever, lots of fights, a lot of shootings, a lot of foot pursuits, vehicle chases. Yada, Excuse yada, me, I have to cough. Shitty hiring. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there there's that. And then, you know, we when we first came on, um, the vest I had was like, um I don't know. It had like a little heart on it, whatever. And I don't remember the name of it. And it was pretty light. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And it kind of like form fitted to my body. And I was like, cool. And then, you know, four, four and a half years later, they're like, hey, we're, you know, your, your vest is out of date. We're switching to a new vest anyway. So go get fitted. I get fitted for this fucking thing. And it's literally like a it's flak a jacket. Flak jacket. <laughs> it's a fucking flak jacket <laughs> with a sappy plate in the center. And because we all know like the steel plates they give you, those are bullshit. They'll ricochet up into your face blow your face off, whatever. We keep a knife out of your heart. That's what it's going to do. Yeah. So oh, you're talking getting, about the trauma plates. Yeah. Yeah. So the we little, little plate, four but, by six. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I have, ladies like, and gentlemen, it's going to keep a knife out of your heart. That's it. And when you get to the station, remember to put it in the back of your vest. Yeah. So yeah. I had a plate carrier in the front plate carrier in the back, and it was legit like a mini plate carrier. It was like eight inches, nine inches wide, 
maybe like eight or nine inches tall um, and about a half inch thick. And I wore that and a it was, half I wore it on my inch. Dude, it was like legit. It was like that, dude. It was legit thick. And um, I still have it. It's at my it's at my locker. But I put this thing on and I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's a flak jacket. This thing is heavy as fuck. Like, it's not heavy as a flak jacket, but it is bulky. It's like trying to rifle, like shoulder a rifle is like a lot different. You have to really get used to it. And it breaks in. Yes, what, after homie? about a year. You don't ever have to put it back. No, but I'm just saying like that was so much heavier. And you're like, look, dude, like our backs all fucked up, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah. But we went to a uh, lightweight uh, belts and you're like lightweight belts this thing's a piece of <laughs> lightweight shit. lightweight shoelaces <laughs> and, and dude and you're like this is not working you upped our vest by like pounds yes but you have upped thinner socks by pounds and the <laughs> and, and the fucking funny thing was is the belt yeah thinner socks the belt when you had it fully loaded down with all of your gear your taser your fucking everything like fucking cameras Only, like two ounces people. lighter fucking stupid it, yeah it's like a few ounces lighter and you're like the fuck this is yeah, it's like you bought a pound and the dealer it. pinched an ounce <laughs> yeah and it, it oh but like but it has a it has a underbelt that's Yo, velcro God. so it stays better and doesn't sag on your your hips it's my ass fuck the whole belt sags on my hips because it's pulling everything down so now i have to keep yeah. everything super tight now my pants are sagging so i gotta tighten it even right. anyway I, I wish the agency well, i worked for would go to a load-bearing vest to be quite honest like if oh. you Chief, we appreciate you coming on. We're running out of time, but uh, normally we let our guests dedicate their episode to somebody who has uh, fallen on the line of duty. This week, you do not have a dedication, uh, if if I'm not mistaken. So we are going to provide one, and I know Chuck has that. Um, if it's the one you wanted to send, I didn't get it, but I have one off ODMP. I, I have the one I sent, but um, I will so I can read it. If you you can read it because I don't I didn't, I didn't get it. Okay, I, I'm this is stupid. I'm having all kinds of stupid problems with this stupid phone, but I'm gonna read. Okay, here we go. Uh, South Carolina lost a high patrol officer killed in line of duty while responding to a call. Uh, he was killed Wednesday in uh after his patrol car collided with a tractor trailer. The Newbury, South Carolina community is in mourning following the death of. Uh, a local police officer, according to Newbury Police Chief, the officer died Wednesday in a crash while responding to a call for service. Um, South Carolina Highway Patrol reports the officer's patrol car collided with the tractor trailer Wednesday evening. It happened on Highway 395 and Highway 34. Authorities say the officer was killed and the tractor trailer driver was taken to the hospital. On Thursday, uh, the officer was identified as Lieutenant Michael Mike Wood. Uh, the Chief Porty extends his deepest condolences to our brother, uh, brothers and sisters at the Newberry Police Department. Um, so uh, the officer, uh, or I'm sorry, Lieutenant Mike Wood of the Newberry Police Department. Rest easy, brother. We got it from here. Yeah. You're there, brother. Sucks. We'll keep doing, like I said, we'll keep doing the dedications till we can't do them anymore, which means that either the show's off the air or we've figured out how to arrest people without yeah, cops getting killed. Right. How long you guys been doing? How many episodes are you are you guys in right now? Uh, two hundred and fifteen, I think. Two fifteen. Where we're at. Holy but shit! We've got we've got more. We've actually got more than that total. Um, if you count our locker room episodes, so you may not know this, Chief, but uh, a couple years back, we were asked by the listeners to do more than one podcast a week. So we started out twi- two, twice a month. Went to you know once a week. And then uh, we transitioned to twice a week. So we have our Monday episode, which you're going to be on. This is War Stories. 
And then we'll, on Wednesdays, go into the locker room where we've got all of our buddies, friends of the show, people who have been on, uh, friends, guys that I've known for years, Chuck's known for years, and we just kind of talk about current events because that's what we we took a poll and that's what everybody's like, yeah, just talk about what's going on in the news and what's going on in the world. So that's where we take all of our outside of law enforcement conversations about, holy shit, did you see LeBron James's kid drop dead of a heart attack or almost died of a heart attack? You know, th- those kinds of conversations. And so if you count those, we that's probably that number is probably up to about 350. Wow, that's crazy. So, and we're in, we're in talks of adding another podcast. Um, yeah. to our, so we're, well. we're now it looks like we might be building the a podcast network. So we're ha- we're going to have multiple shows distributed to so our listeners can get multiple podcasts by following just our podcast feed and then we'll on the same feed upload our show our two shows another show so it's 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 almost becoming a its own podcast network um yeah 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 and that's interesting yeah and and that's one of the things i was with my youtube channel was i was doing them breakdown videos and just going over stuff like why why police officer pulled out his taser instead of a gun why he shot him you know, just for the public to say, like, oh, well, he should use this. Like, hey, understand, like, he used his taser because of this. You know, use his firearm because of this. He, 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 Why did he punch him? Use compliance strikes because of this. That was one of my main goals. But then YouTube got so strict on doing those videos, like even like Donut Opera and stuff like that. You can see he's slightly transitioning away from a lot of, like, shooting breakdown videos. Um, you know, it, it yeah. just got really, 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 really tough. So now I'm just on these until I can start transitioning and, Get some more time because with safe like defense, I mean, like literally working 40, 50 hours a week, but it's yeah. it's like work where you're you know helping a lot of people. You know, it's like my right now mm-hmm. my phone like it's it's seven o'clock in Chicago, seven forty five. I had uh eight missed phone calls. You know, it's oh, like wow. in off all, all from departments, you know, and I, I don't mind taking the phone calls after hours, you know, um, because it's like they're working afternoons. I guess some people call me like three, four in the morning. And it's like, hey, what's up? Like, hey, you sleeping? Not like, yeah. Oh, well, I'm on mids. I'm like, okay. Yeah, right. Thanks. Exactly. You're like, okay, great. I'm gonna <laughs> go. Yeah. yeah. Well, we so appreciate like, you coming on. You are you are invited back anytime. We'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to talk yeah, about uh, what's going on now. Tell our listeners all the places they can follow you. And here, this is your chance. Uh, yes, I know. Plug your stuff. Like ten minutes plugging the company you work for, but <laughs> <laughs> now we can spend. Uh, a couple minutes just just talk about your stuff what you're doing where people can find you so i mean you can find me on instagram tiktok youtube um twitter uh threads now which is a new thing for instagram um so oh wait threads is on instagram yeah well threads is the new it's the new twitter it, what is yeah, that it's the new twitter it's not. Yeah. like like come on yeah yeah threads is is something similar to to um twitter but it's associated with instagram you have to have an instagram account to go on threads and the funny thing with threads is when you download threads you cannot you cannot download threads unless you delete your instagram someone was telling me something weird with that stuff so i have threads on my phone so i figure i'm just gonna leave it I'm not i don't do threads it. i don't do twitter because they're both garbage yeah i, I was on facebook twitter years because ago. i've got family members on there Oh, Facebook too, as well. The chief yeah. official. So yeah, I, I'm pretty much, pretty much on everything. Um, I'm always open to DMs. You know, if someone wants to message me, you got a problem with a vest, you got a problem, you, you, you're not feeling right. DM me. I respond to every single DM, no matter if it takes me all freaking night, you know, and I get a, 
I get a whole lot of DMs and it could be anything from, hey, look at my feet to the, hey, I'm ready to jump off a bridge. <laughs> we passed that you point. Know? We passed that point a long time ago. And so now we get the DMs, right? And actually, this is funny because this is something we were talking about earlier, but we get the DMs and the listeners know, we've told them, we don't always respond to the DMs right. because sometimes they'll just send us, hey, nice job, or they'll send us a meme or they'll communicate with us just... And and yeah. we, we'll react or we'll you know send them an emoji or something like that. That's um, what I do, yeah. Yeah, but to to comment or chat back or with everybody, we just gotten to a point where we we had our volume of messaging it wouldn't be possible. So those listeners, some of them know because they'll hear us discuss something they sent, and that's how they know you know who looked at it and stuff like that. And then occasionally we'll we'll send a message back, but usually. It's for people like when we when we message back and start getting into conversations, it's because we're working something out for the show, or yeah. um, it's somebody who's having a hard time. And you know, yeah. Like and if you so, come across our sh- our show and you're like, "Hey, man, I'm kind of struggling with something," we definitely respond 100 yeah. percent of the time. Right. Yeah, it, there is. We 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 definitely screen everything. We definitely look at everything. Um, and generally, we can see when it comes across our phones or laptops or whatever tablets. When you send us something, we can, okay, it's real. I'll look at it later. Okay, this is a question. Let me go look at it. Or, hey, this is a long form, like paragraph. And you're like, fuck that. That's not normal. Let me go look at that. And you read it. And sometimes it's like, hey, I'm dealing with some shit. Hey, could you, could you cover this? Or, hey, just thank you. And you reread it and we'll respond back. Um, So there's a lot of that. But I want to, I want to take a time and say, thank you, everyone. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you like today's podcast and the content we provide, Please help us out by rating and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or really whatever podcast platform you subscribe to. Yeah, Google Podcast. We're on like everything. Well, yeah, there nice. are one or two that we're not on, but most. <laughs> yeah. it, we're available on all major podcast streaming platforms as well as on YouTube. Reviews and ratings are how podcast platforms decide what to recommend. So your reviews really help us grow the show. Also, please give us a follow on our Instagram at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at war stories podcast. If you already follow us, please like and share our posts. Mm-hmm. If you click the link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook, you'll be able to reach all of our social media sites and our website. Another way to support us is by visiting our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com and grab some of our merch. We have patches and stickers, will be hoodies available. Um, uh, if you think you have a story to tell and you want to be a guest on the show, please email your info and a brief description of your story to us at booking dot war stories at gmail.com so i can get you booked we are always looking for veterans law enforcement firefighters medics but also corrections dispatchers and nurses if you have a friend who you think would be a great fit let them know about us and give them our booking email again thank you for the support stay safe yep and chief i just want to say again thanks for coming on you're welcome back anytime just let us know even if you if if you're like i got a story i want to tell or you have somebody you want to come on with and talk about some stuff or if you just want to shoot the shit, we should we should invite Chief to come on the locker room. I bet you uh, he'd have some. Oh, we can tell stories all. He he'd have some day. things to he'd have some things to chime <laughs> oh, in with Matt day. and Margo. So, so uh, we'll we'll see if we can work that out. We're, uh, yeah, we're talking about doing some some stuff on there, and we're trying to go live streaming. So uh, anyway, thank you, Chief. Appreciate right. it. You're well. You're welcome Good to come back. What you guys are doing, brothers? Stay strong out there. And until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.